You don't have to be in Jerusalem to buy the best of Judaica. Now sterling silver, artistic glassware, jewelry, talitote, mezuzot, and much more are available online at judaica4u.com. Or you can just walk into our downtown Jerusalem location in the bell tower, judaica4u.com. On the web, in Jerusalem, and now in Moda'in, in the Kaiser neighborhood, Judaica, the number four, the letter U.com. Now, the only independent news talk network in the Middle East, Israel National Radio, presents the Tovia Singer Show. Here's Tovia Singer. Singer here, Israel National Radio. She was a missionary Jew who converts to Christianity, devotes her life to converting Jews to the church, and she repents, returns back to Judaism. She's joining us live. She has a new book out coming, Full Circle. Panina Taylor, a Jew reaching out to a former co-religionist. She's joining me live right here on Israel National Radio. Do not touch the dial. All right, we are back. You are about to uh, hear the story of a remarkable woman. Uh, joining me right now is, is a, a woman who's devoted her life to helping the Jewish people, but that's not where her life always was. Uh, my guest, Penina Taylor, uh, as a youth raised in a secular Jewish world, converts to Christianity and then returns back to the Jewish faith and devotes her life today. Listen to this to helping Jews who were in her predicament return back to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She has a new book out called Coming Full Circle, and she is the uh, director of an organization called Shomrei Emet Institute. Penina Taylor, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's great having you on. Your story is a stunning Penina, uh, I grew up in a very orthodox home, and my life sort of went down a similar path, but you grew up... You grew up in a secular world, and then you decide to convert to Christianity and become a, ver- a fire and brimstone missionary, <laughs> only to return back to Judaism. First of all, how did you go? I mean, most Jews who grew up in the secular, they don't convert to Christianity. How, how did that happen to you? Well, what happened to me is is that you know Judaism had no relevance, no meaning in my life. I like to say that it explained to me why I had a big nose, why I talked with my hands, and why I liked Chinese food. But <laughs> that's about it. And uh, because of some traumatic things that had happened in my childhood, when I reached high school, I was in a place actually where quite a lot of young people in American public high schools are wondering, you know, is there something greater than myself out there, is there some meaning to this world? If life is so difficult, why continue on if there's nothing more out there? Mm-hmm. And so I started to ask some questions, and a classmate of mine approached me in school, and she said, you know, your questions aren't different than the questions that most of us ask, and the answer is there. The answer is in a relationship with God, and God He loves you, and he wants to have a relationship with you, but we've got a problem, and that is the things that we do wrong, the sins that we commit, separate us from God, and God provided a way to 
to uh, get rid of that separation and to have a relationship with us. And so in high school, at the age of almost 16, I became a Christian. And wow. I was introduced to God, and I was introduced to Jesus. Wow. And how long did you spend as a Christian? Well, the first eight years I was involved very at the very beginning as a Southern Baptist, and then eventually wow. went on to more of an independent charismatic church. And I was involved in the church for about eight years before my husband and I discovered Messianic Judaism. And then we were involved in Messianic Judaism for another nine years, for a total mm. of 17 uh, if you're just tuning in, my guest is a dear friend. Her name is Penina Taylor. She has devoted her life to helping Jews who are in the same predicament she was in. She has an organization called Shomri Emmet Institute. I want to give you the website address. I'm going to spell it out for you, shomriemmet.org, S-H-O-M-R-E-I-E-M-E-T.O-R-G, and her new book is out called Coming Full Circle. And the title of a book is really a story about her life. It's a full circle, growing up Jewish, but really not, God wasn't central in her life, turns to Christianity and ultimately returns to Judaism, but not to the Judaism she emerged from, but one that is devout. And now she's reaching out to Jewish folks who are in the exact same predicament that she's in. She tells her stunning story, spiritual path, in her new book called Coming Full Circle, which... Um, you can get on hatikvabooks.com, H-A-T-I-V-I-K-V-A-B-O-O-K-S.com. I'll repeat this information during the broadcast. Panina, when you were, when you become a Christian, I would, most people would say, well, you were formerly a Jew. Uh, did you have any second guesses about your conversion to Christianity? But apparently, from your book, your life story, you not only had no doubts, you were sure that Christianity was the way to go. You, It wasn't enough that you became a Christian and married one, but you wanted to now convert your whole family to Christianity as well. That's right. Um, after high school, well, actually, um, with my immediate family, it happened even before I graduated high school. My life had been very difficult. I had been involved in a bad crowd of kids at school, some not-so-good behaviors. And when I became a Christian, my newfound faith gave me the strength. As you know, we can gain strength from anything, any belief system that we adopt fervently. And uh, it gave me the strength to make changes in my life. And my mother began to see that I was no longer hanging out with that crowd. I was starting to do well in school. I stopped smoking. I stopped drinking. And she quickly was convinced that whatever it was that I was a part of must be the truth if it could exact wow. that sort of change in my life. And uh, so my mother and my sister became Christians. And uh, not long after, uh, due to a very interesting set of circumstances, I also had the opportunity to bring my father, who my parents had been divorced for 15 years, uh, but my father ended up becoming a Christian as well. So he winds up now. If let me guess this, if I had, we never had this conversation, uh, Panina, but if I had met you when in your Christian world, in your Christian life during that stage period of your life, if I asked you now, why would you abandon the Jewish faith and become a Christian? My guess is you would point to the Bible. That was your barometer. That's what why you made this decision in your life. Is that true? Absolutely. Would you have still said that I'm still Jewish, or would you say I converted to Christianity? Uh, that's a good question. At one point in my high school, uh, in while I was in high school, I took off the Star of David necklace, and I started wearing a cross. And a Jewish girlfriend of mine 
stopped me one day. She noticed I was wearing a cross on my neck, and she asked me, you know, I thought you were Jewish. And I said to her, of course, I didn't really think about it very deeply at the time, but I said to her, well, I was, but now I'm a Christian. Um, you know, at the time, I felt that Christianity was the truth, and while Judaism may have been my heritage, it certainly didn't represent anything true to me. It didn't give me any meaning or relevance in my life, and so it was meaningless. So at the at the time when you converted to Christianity, it was the Bible that you thought at the time persuaded you uh, to make that, that uh, turn in your life. Was it the Bible also that was the central, played the central role in convincing you that you should return not just to being a Jew, but identifying as a Jew, but becoming an Orthodox Jew and a leader in the counter-missionary movement? Well, I have to tell you from the very beginning, Tovia, once I actually started thinking about the idea that there was a God, my goal was always, and, and people sometimes tell me, oh, you know, you had this roller coaster experience, and, and really, actually, the truth is, is if you look at my entire story, it's really a progression. Uh, a spiritual progression uphill. And um, what happened was, as soon as I kind of became aware, really aware of God, my goal was always to serve God in truth. And so, even as a Christian, my Christian walk, if you will, was based on every time I discovered that something was it wasn't really uh, based on the truth, but was based, let's say, on paganism or was based on something else, I would change the way I worshipped God accordingly. So, you know, as I began to get more and more into the Bible, that became the, um, the measuring stick for how I was to walk out my walk with God, my relationship with God. So when, in the end, I ended up in the Jewish community and I was confronted with the fact that most of the beliefs that I had based my, um, I'm sorry, most of the scriptures that I had based my beliefs on for the past 17 years were based on scriptures that were taken out of context or mistranslated or in some cases, of course, even fabricated. Once I realized that all those beliefs were based on really lies, I had to change my beliefs accordingly, and, and that's what led me back to Judaism. Wow. My guess is, I have so many questions for you, Panina. <laughs> And when I'm done with you, I'm not done with you. I'm keeping you. I'm not even. Usually, I'm polite, and I ask my guests, "Could you stay on during the news break?" Because we didn't arrange to have you on for two segments. I'm not even asking. So, <laughs> <laughs> and here's what I'll do for you, the listeners. Um, if you want to call in with your question for my guests, it's we have great guests on the show, but this is a, a, a special treat. Panina Taylor, uh, she grew up in a, a Jewish but secular home converts to Christianity, full-blown, and then eventually becomes a, a missionary, a devout missionary, not just to convert Jews, to convert everyone, and she converts her family. At some stage in her life, she looks at the Bible and realizes that everything she had thought was true was not. And she could have, I guess her life would have been simpler if she would have stayed in the church, but she didn't, because the guiding principle, from what I understand, was always the truth, God, the Bible. There's no roller coaster here. There's always a guiding principle. And she has a new book out. A new book out, I couldn't think of a title that more perfectly describes her life. Because for many people who sort of superficially looks like they changed, Panina's never changed. Just the truth, she became, she was always pursuing the truth. But starting out in a secular Jewish home, Christianity, Orthodox Jewish woman helping, uh, Jews in the church return back. That's a full circle, and that's what she did. And that's the title of her new book. Out, it's called "Coming Full Circle." It's just been published, and you can get it on um, Hatikva, which means the hope. 
Isn't that great? That's but me. the hope. Oh, I just it just hit me. I don't know if it hit you, but it hit me. <laughs> the hope here it is. So, but it's you don't put the hope in, or else you're going to get some crazy Alcoholics Anonymous group. What you want to do is you want to put in hatikvabooks.com. There's no H in there. No, no H in the middle. So it's H A T I V I K V A B O O K S dot com. I'll repeat that. H A T I K V A B O O K S dot com. My guest is the director of org. Translate that means the guardian of the truth. Perfect name. S H O M R E I E M E T dot O R G. My guess, Panina, is that here you are, spent years in the church, everything, you were married into it, kids, and the whole works, and you're looking at scripture. Was there a verse in particular was a, 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 that when you're looking at Tanakh and comparing it to, to what you were taught to believe in the church, was there a particular verse, particular book in the Bible that you went, oh, this, this something, something is not right? I have to tell you that in general, it wasn't one verse that convinced me. It was the preponderance of evidence, so to speak. But there was one verse. We had an interesting situation. Somebody who works in the counter-missionary field had come to our house. And again, some people are just going to have to, I guess, read the book in order to get all the details. But um, had come to our house to speak to us about our belief. It was arranged by the local rabbi. And uh, he says, well, let's talk about why you think Jesus is the Messiah. So my husband, who was very happy to do the talking, and I was certainly happy to allow him to do so, brought up Isaiah 7.14. He says, because of a virgin. Wow. So Mark says to us, well, let's take a look at that. And he opens up the Bible. And, you know, for the first time, look, I had read Isaiah 7 a gazillion times during my 17 years as a Christian. It's not like I had never looked at it before. But most Christians approach the reading of the Tanakh, of the Old Testament, as um, from the presupposition that Jesus is the Messiah. Therefore, everything in the Tanakh must speak to that and must have this, you know, secondary fulfillment in Jesus. And so when I looked at this passage with Mark, for the very first time since I had become a Christian, I put away that presupposition, I put away that bias, and I just looked at it from what it was saying in the context. And I realized that the context had absolutely nothing to do with a Messiah, and that I had been reading something into this passage all of those years that just wasn't there. And then when we looked at it in the original Hebrew, that's really what got me, when I realized that it wasn't even a correct translation, and that the words that I had thought meant one thing all those years didn't mean what I thought that they had meant, that I had been basically sold a bill of goods. And what happened was that that one passage wasn't enough to convince me that everything I held dear for 17 years was not true. But when Mark left my house, he left me wondering if this one thing that I believe is based on a lie. What else do I believe is based on a lie? And so I began to come back to him every other day or every third day, and I said, what about this passage, and what about this verse? And we went through every single typical missionary passage in the Tanakh, and we dug into it, and I went back to my my missionary friends, my messianic friends, to get answers, and suddenly the answers that they were giving no longer held the weight. They They seemed so shallow in comparison to what I was being shown for the first time. Wow. So what you're saying is that 
it's not just what you were given this preponderance of evidence that what you had embraced was not biblical, was not the truth, which you, which which your whole decision was predicated on, but it was also the way that you, other Christians were responding to your questions. That there was something about their response that was weak that told you there's something very wrong here. Am I right, Panina? That's right. Absolutely. What do you say to people who say, look, Panina, you know, no one becomes a Christian for intellectual reasons alone. There's this emotional part of it. It's a connection to just not just intellect. You can't just look at verses. Was there an emotional connection to it? Because for me, I've never been a Christian, although I, I reach out to folks in the, uh, in the church. I don't, I've never been there. I have no framework to operate from. It's not, it's not just intellectual, isn't there the emotional element as well? Yes, absolutely. In fact, most people, and, and I'm sure that you would agree with me, uh, most people who work in our field will tell you that 99% of the Jewish people who convert to Christianity don't do so because someone showed them a verse in the Bible. They do it because there was a kind word, a sweet smile, a shoulder to lean on, a, you know, it was a friendly voice. And so um, the same thing for me, even though there, for me there may have been a higher percentage of intellectual um, information involved in the decision. It was this young woman in my class talking to me, appealing to me from the spiritual mm. point of view, representing God to me, and showing me love and caring and, and compassion. And when, when she said the things that she said, they sounded like they were true, but mm. the clincher was in bringing me to church and experiencing the emotional experience of being in church and being with other people who were so kind and so loving and so warm. Hmm. So that explains the, the you, as you explain, this was a very hard for me to wrap, very difficult for me to wrap my brain around. What is the, what is the attraction? What's the appeal of Jews who convert to Christianity? I never understood it because I would just look at, well, here's Tanakh, here's the Jewish scriptures, this prophecy about the Messiah. Look at the world. There's no relationship between what Ezekiel 37, Isaiah 11 says, and what I'm looking around about me. Christianity has killed all the Jews for all these years. Forget about it. It's like there's no way in the world. I never could not, it was very difficult for me to grasp the emotional connection that people have. So I want to say, I want to make a statement. I want to get your comment, and I want to go to the news break and take the, take questions from the callers. I'll repeat the number to dial in for a question for my guest, Panina Taylor a Jew who converted to Christianity, who returned back to the God of Israel, to her Jewish heritage, but that wasn't enough for her. She was saved, but she decided that she would not allow her, her own nation to drown. So she today has devoted her entire life um, to helping Jews who are in exactly the same predicament as she was in. She has a uh, an organization called ShomriEmmet.org. The meaning of the word ShomriEmmet is guardians of the truth. That's an uppercase T. I'm, I'm saying this on my own. Tina didn't explain this to me, but I guarantee you that's what she meant. So the name of the organization is ShomreEmmet.org. The website address for her organization is S-H-O-M-R-E-I-E-M-E-T.org. And she has a new book out called Coming Full Circle. And it's about her life and her transition and her return to the God of Israel. And you can get that on um, Hatikva books.com hatikva like the israeli national anthem but without the h at the end so it's hatikva books.com and you can get the book it's now available um for you to get it um i got so excited with this whole thing uh, getting back to what we're talking about so i want to i'll say make the statement panina and we only have about three minutes left so we'll have to go to the news break but um it, it appears clear to me then 
that it wasn't just that at the time you became a Christian in your in your adolescence, that uh, it wasn't just that Christianity won your soul. It's the Judaism you grew up in that had failed you as well. Both had to happen simultaneously. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that Christians have mastered is this understanding that in order to speak to someone's spiritual needs, you first have to speak to their physical and their emotional needs as well. We are people who are created as uh, almost like a trinity, God forbid I should say that. Um, You know, we're physical beings, we're spiritual beings, and we're emotional beings, and in order to hit the spiritual, you first have to sometimes address the emotional and the the physical as well, And, and they've become masters at it, and unfortunately I think that we've kind of dropped the ball in that area. So the success of groups like Jews for Jesus, Chosen People Ministries, which is the American Board of Missions to the Jews, uh, Ariel Ministries, the success of these messianic groups throughout the world, it's easy for you and I to say, be careful, there's this Assemblies of God church that poses as a synagogue. We'll talk about that after the news break. But it's more difficult for us to ask the question, where have we failed? Meaning the success of these missionary groups represents the unpaid bills of the Jewish people. You agree? Yes, absolutely. All right. Panina Taylor, my guest, 1-800-270-4288. Her life is devoted to helping Jews in the church return back to the Jewish faith. Her new book out is called Coming Full Circle. And uh, you can read about, read the first chapter of the book on the website, comingfullcircle.com. We come back. I have more questions for my guest. Um, and we'll take your questions, 1-800-270-4288. But it's not a roller coaster. It's all about one thing, about the God of Israel. Padina Taylor will be joining me when we come back after news break. This is very appropriate. Don't touch a dial. This is my love song for you, my shit. I'm pouring out my heart. I'm pouring out my heart. This is my love song for you, my shit. Alone in the dark. You hear me saying, Planning a trip to Israel? You need a licensed tour guide. See Israel like you've never seen it before. Israel National Radio's own Mayor Eisenman will take you around the country for an educational and fun experience. Each tourist gets a personally designed tour based on his preferences. The land of the Bible comes alive in the hands of an energetic and experienced tour guide. 
visit www.israelbymayor.com. That's israelbymayor, M-E-I-R. Or email directly at israelbymayor at gmail.com. Left-wingers don't know what to do with him. Anti-Semites hate his guts. They would give anything to get him off the radio. Tovia Singer. That's me. Coming up next on Israel National Radio. Singer here, Israel National Radio. She was a Jew for Jesus. She returned to the God of Israel, the master of the universe, the creator, the rock, the redeemer, the savior, the only one, the God of Israel. And she's helping Jews around the world who are in the same predicament she was in come home. New book out called Coming Full Circle, Penina Taylor, my guest. This is such an appropriate song right here on Israel National Radio. You can call in with your questions for my guest. And don't be afraid to call in if you're a Christian. She's very nice. She's going to be so nice to you. So you can call with your questions. 1-800-270-4288. Anywhere around the world. Don't touch the dial. All right, we are back. Singer here, Israel National Radio. My guest is uh, an extraordinary woman. She's devoted her life to helping Jews who converted to Christianity return back to the Jewish faith. Now, there are not many, but there are a few people who do that. What makes my guest so unusual is she used to be a Jew for Jesus, meaning she didn't belong to that organization, but she was a Jew who converted to Christianity, who returned back to the Jewish faith. She has a new book out called Coming Full Circle, and she's joining me live right here on Israel National Radio. Penina Taylor, welcome back to the show. Thank you. There are listeners right now who hear your voice around the world. Some of them are Jewish, some of them are not Jewish, and they're listening to your story, and they're going, wow, this is amazing. What was the most challenging part of turning from Christianity, returning back to Jewish faith? That must have been quite a struggle. There's a whole family involved. It was. There were a few different dimensions that made the transition a little bit difficult. <laughs> a little bit difficult. Um, first of all, the the first thing was a realizing that my entire world was completely upside down. That everything that I had ever believed and held as true was now suddenly not true anymore. And uh, I had had the carpet pulled out from under me, and I had to figure out, you know, it wasn't just a matter of, oh, okay, Christianity's not true anymore, I guess I'll go be a Jew again. It was, okay, do I still believe in God? I mean, what is all of this? Is, it, is the Bible the Word of God? What does that mean for me as a Jewish person? And I had to basically rebuild my faith, because it had been completely demolished in the process of, of realizing that what I believed wasn't true. The other, another aspect of what I had to deal with was losing my best friend, losing mm. my husband, basically, losing my entire support network, um, some of it for a longer period of time than others. I remember when uh, I told my best friend, and I don't make best friends very easily, so she was very special to me. Um, and I told her that I didn't believe in Jesus anymore, and she said, well, we'll still be friends. And uh, she didn't call me for a few weeks, and we got back in touch, and we had a nice conversation. And after we got done with the conversation, we hung up the telephone, and about ten minutes later, I got a call from her again. And she said, you know, I really wouldn't be your friend if I didn't tell you 
that you are hopelessly lost and going to hell. Mm. And, you know, I hung up the phone. <laughs> I, well, I probably said something like, gee, thanks, <laughs> and then hung up the phone. And she actually had the nerve to call back a couple of minutes later and to tell my husband that she had said something that might have upset me a little bit. And, uh, you know, but it was at that moment that I realized that that was it, that that was the the uh, nail in the coffin. And it was, I was correct. Um, she then, maybe we spoke one more time six months later, and, and that was the end of the relationship. Mm. And so losing those people who were precious to me um, was a very big part of this coming back to Judaism and, and really made it very difficult for me. I had to evaluate what I was doing every step of the way and be absolutely sure it was worth the sacrifice. Hmm. Was it scary for you? I mean, in Jewish faith, hell doesn't play a big role. It exists, and and uh, Saddam Hussein is there, and uh, Peter Jennings is there. But the question is, I mean, is that play a big role in decision-making that you don't want to go to hell as a Christian? Is that a big deal? Absolutely, because as a Christian, you know, I thought, well, if I'm wrong, and Christianity isn't true, but I'm I'm believing in in Jesus and I'm I'm a Christian. Then, well, you know, um, okay, I was wrong, but I lived a good life, and and the, and that's the end result of being wrong. But if I reject Christianity and I'm wrong, that means that I'm going to burn in hell forever, hmm. and and that's a very scary prospect. And it was something that plagued me for quite some time. After I even came back to Judaism, you know, what if I made a mistake? What if I was wrong? I, I had an interesting experience about six months after I came back to Judaism that was, uh, for me, it was like uh, Hashem kind of tapping me on the shoulder and confirming that I was on the right path. What happened? Well, what happened was I was sitting in shul, I was sitting in synagogue, and it was the eighth day of Passover. And outside of Israel, on the eighth day of Passover, they read a passage from Isaiah chapter 11. And uh, a very, very familiar passage. I was reading it along in the English as they were reading it in the Hebrew in the synagogue. And it starts out that um, there's going to be a root that's going to come forth from Jesse. And it begins to talk about this righteous ruler that's going to be given to us in the future. And I had always understood this passage as a Messianic Jew um, and as a Christian to be about Jesus, to be about the Messiah. And I was sitting there, and I was reading this passage along with them in the English, and I suddenly, it was like this light bulb came on, and I realized that even though when we sang these Messianic songs, um, we always stopped, I don't have the passage in front of me, but we always stopped in the fir- after the first few verses, which talk about this righteous judge who's not going to judge by the sight of his eyes, but with righteousness and, and all of this other stuff. And, uh, and that's where we always stopped. But the passage continues on, and it says that in that day when this righteous judge, when this righteous king is, is anointed and comes to us, that um, there's going to be peace in the world, mm-hmm. and that the animals, even the animals, are going to, to stop eating each other, right? It says the lion is going to eat straw. It's going to basically, the animals are going to become vegeta- vegetarians, and, and snakes aren't going to hurt people, and, and all of these amazing things are going to happen. And not only did I realize that those things haven't happened yet, but that in the passage there is nothing there to indicate that there is a break between the first part, which is this description of this righteous king, which I had always thought was Jesus, and the second part, which is this time of perfection in the world and and peace, universal peace, peace for Israel, and, and universal belief and acknowledgement of God. And I realized that 
this all has to happen together. And whoever that person is, he hasn't come yet because when I look out the window, this world is not at peace yet. Mm. And it was suddenly, it was like I felt like Hashem was tapping me on the shoulder and saying, you're on the right track. You made the right choice. Everything else will come together. And from that point on, I had no regrets. You know, let me say this. If you are listening to the show, a Christian, a Jew who's converted to Christianity, and you're wondering, scratching your head and asking, why doesn't Judaism accept the Christian Messiah? I'd encourage you to go to that chapter that Penina Taylor just discussed, because it's one of the foundational, one of the most descriptive chapters in Tanakh and the Hebrew Scriptures that describe what's going to happen in the Messianic Age. It's the 11th chapter of the book of Isaiah, which describes the Mashiach, the Messiah, in the first three chapters, three verses, and also describe the Messiah as someone who will fear God, which should tell you something about the Messiah. If the Messiah is God, as Trinitarians believe, why would the why would God fear himself, which is important. Then the whole chapter talks about about what will happen in the Messianic Age. My guest, Penina Taylor, director of ShomriEmet.org, S-H-O-M-R-E-I-E-M-E-T.org. New book out called Coming Full Circle, um, and you can you can get that on HaTikvaBooks.com. You can order it just out. It's about her remarkable life. Penina, I'll ask you this question. There are folks who are listening to your voice right now whose sister is involved in a messianic congregation, whose brother is involved in it, or they themselves are considering their own conversion, and they want to speak to you. They want to contact you to get guidance from you, or they'd like you to speak in their synagogue, in their community, or want to get advice from you. How do you suggest that uh, somebody um, contact you? The best way to contact me, especially because of the time time difference between the U.S. and Israel and also because I travel, um, is to just email me. And I've got a gazillion email addresses, but the easiest one is panina at paninataylor.com. And they can always email me. If you don't get a response immediately, try me again. Sometimes email goes into the spam folders nowadays and stuff like that. But I'm more than happy then to give them for their contact information. You live in Israel, you just mentioned, as I do. Well, yes. We don't live in the same, in the exact same town. Mm-hmm. Now, by America, they think, oh, you live in different towns. It must be like 10 hours apart. And this is a tiny country, so different towns only generally mean like a half hour, 45 minutes. But people are like surprised. You're in Israel. Yes. Israel is by far a majority Jewish. There are six, seven million Jewish people living in the Jewish state. Um, is there a missionary problem in, in the state of Israel? That's a loaded question. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you why it's not loaded. I'll, let me, I want to answer because she's raising a valid point, and I'm not blushing, but it's radio, so you can't tell. Um, people tell me I met this missionary. I just walked out the door, and ten missionaries came over to me in the old city. I'm going, how come this never happens to me? <laughs> Does it, do you ever say that like you're sitting there? Please, where are these missionaries everyone's telling me about? I don't, I'm told all about them, and I see the Messianic congregations, obviously, there's one here in the, the oldest Messianic congregation probably in the world, and we should talk about what a Messianic, is here in the old city, it's uh, the Emmanuel Church that was set up in the 19th century to convert Jews here in, in Jerusalem, but uh, how much missionary activity are you seeing in, in the Jewish state? How much is out there? Well, there's a tremendous amount out there. Besides the fact that we now have nearly 20,000, I mean, estimates are between 15 and 25 thousand Hebrew Christians or Messianic Jews in Israel, each one of them a missionary in his own right. Uh, But also, you know, I spoke a little bit earlier about this concept 
that in order to reach a person spiritually, in order to meet their spiritual needs, you first have to meet their physical and emotional needs. And in Israel, there's a tremendous amount of physical need, real need. People who are hungry, people who don't have warm blankets, and, and it does, believe it or not, get, well, you should know this, stuff, yeah, it gets yeah. cold in, in Israel in yeah. the winter. And, um, and so these organizations set up humanitarian need centers, uh, warehouses where they hand out things, soup kitchens, and, and they're meeting the physical needs of Israelis. And unfortunately, what that means is that Israelis today are more open to uh, listening to the message of the missionaries than ever before. I um, went out, uh, I agree with you, it's like, why don't I ever see the missionaries? I hear, I get phone calls daily from people who have encounters. And so I decided to take someone up on an offer, and I went down to Ben Yehuda Street on Motzei Shabbat, uh, which is Saturday night, several weeks in a row during the winter. And uh, there I was able to actually experience a small sampling of some missionary activity which goes on on the streets there, and it, it is there. And it goes unchecked because, you know, despite what people think, it's not illegal to proselytize in Israel. Israel does have freedom of religion, and they have chosen, although I disagree with it, to include the ability to proselytize as part of that freedom. Mm-hmm. And so um, people can go out unhindered and can tell other people about their belief in Jesus, and it's happening all over the place. And Jews don't wish to, uh, most of the government and officials in Israel do not turn these people away because they don't want to be regarded as prosecuting Christians, and uh, or rather persecuting, <laughs> sorry, persecuting Christians and, and taking away people's right to, to worship as they believe. And uh, so we've got a big, big problem, and it's a growing problem. You know, let me say this, and I want to get your comment on it. We've never had this conversation. This this conversation. No. So I want to get your thoughts because this is an interesting thing that I think folks struggle with. This is a free country, and you and I, I'm sure, want it to remain that way. And we don't want folks to be told what to believe. We want people to adopt their faith and relationship with God voluntarily. Um, but my thought is that if Christ, if there would be like Mormons, they walk around with those shirts with the tags on it, I'm a Mormon, I'm a Christian, and they are out there converting Israeli citizens. Obviously, as a Jew, I'm appalled by it, but I want to respond to it. But I don't necessarily want the state of Israel to come down on it. What I think is most dangerous about the missionaries that, that target Jews for conversion in Israel Tell me if you agree. It's not that they're committed to converting Jews. Obviously, as a Christian, that's their religion. But what they do is they engage in a consumer fraud, and that is that they blur the distinction between Judaism and Christianity. They mislabel their Christian religion as Jewish. They have these messianic congregations that are deceptive, and that's why I think that it should be stopped by law. Do you agree? I think that part of the problem is, and I, I agree with most of what you said, or um, probably I agree with all of what you said, I'm just going to reword it. The deception, I don't believe, is so much in an overt effort to pretend to be something that they're not, as much as it is that they are claiming to be something that they're not. In other words, you know, Christianity claims 
missionaries will claim that Christianity is the fulfillment of what Judaism was supposed to become, and that everything that Christianity believes is based on the Jewish Bible, and that there is no inconsistency between the two religions, that you can be a faithful Jew and be a Christian at the same time. And what they've done is they've, they've totally missed the fact that Christianity and Judaism are two completely different faiths with different concepts about who God is, what happens to us after we die, what a sacrifice is, what atonement, how atonement or forgiveness is accomplished. On every single point, we actually diverge. And so the, the Jewish state was established as a Jewish state to allow Jews to be able to practice really whatever form of Judaism they choose to practice without persecution, to be Jews without being persecuted. And um, Christianity comes along and is basically saying it's okay to be a Jew and to be a Christian, and what they're doing is they're destroying Judaism in the process. So I think, you know, all of that really comes down to saying I agree with you, that, that that's where the problem is, is that they're trying to get Jews to abandon Judaism and to embrace something that is completely foreign. Hmm. I'll ask you a question. This is, again, something only you would have insight. Both you and I have devoted our lives to this cause. Right. But you have this background that um, that is very different than mine. My experience is this, and again, this is a, even though Pina and I talk on the phone, we, we, we meet and discuss this very, very serious issue, these are, are questions I've never asked her. My experience, Panina, is that although the people who are the parishioners in these messianic congregations belong to it, are the followers, they're generally very sincere, uh, whether Jewish or not Jewish. The majority, I think, of most congregations are not Jewish in, outside of Israel. Um, the leadership in these congregations, while the followers may be very sincere and they totally buy into and believe it is Jewish to believe in Jesus, the leadership, these are people who are ordained in the Assemblies of God in Southern Baptist churches, they're not as sincere as their followers, and they understand that this is the way to sell it so that Jewish people don't have to feel that they've gave up in their Jewish identity. Do you agree? Absolutely. Um, I have a copy of a, a letter, I'm not sure if you've ever seen this or not, between a uh, Phil, Phil Goebel yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, Donald McGavern. Donald McGavern was one of the originators of the concept of cross-cultural missions, he was the, I think he was the Dean of Missions at Fuller Theological Institute, and he himself said, you know, that creating these churches that look like synagogues and imitate the, the things that we do in the synagogue in, in almost every regard is the way to get Jewish people to convert to Christianity and think that what they're doing is still Jewish. Now, I do think that since we're now in the second, third generation from that time, that we're seeing, as you said, you know, Jewish people who are Messianic, not because they're trying to, or, and, and also non-Jews, there are also non-Jews involved in Messianic Judaism, not because they think that it's a good way to deceive people, but because they feel that it's an authentic way to work and to carry out their faith. But the peop but they don't realize that they themselves have been deceived because the people who started the J Jewish church movement in the 1800s in England and then in the 1970s in the United States with the Jews for Jesus and, and the Hebrew Christian movement, it was all a way of getting Jews to be willing to swallow a very bitter pill. That is that... You know, we always said, I was born a Jew, I will die a Jew, and I'm not interested in converting to Christianity. 
we as Jewish people have this collective memory of the Holocaust and the pogroms and the Inquisition and the Crusades, and, and we weren't interested in what Christianity had to sell us. So they had to put a new face on Jesus, mm. and part of this process was in creating the Messianic congregations. Well, and the Messianic congregations, I think, simply spoken, if I, I'm going to phrase it just simply because we have one minute left. They're churches, but they're designed to appear as though they're synagogues using and borrowing rabbinic traditions and customs, which Christianity doesn't believe in, in order to sell it as Jewish. Would you Absolutely. Say that's, that's accurate. I want to re- this is not just a regular guest where this is an interesting person. This is life and death, and that's why it's important for you to know her website address, the new book that she has out, Coming Full Circle. You can get it on hatikvabooks.com. I will slowly spell that out for you, H-A-T-I-K-V-A-B-O-O-K-S.com. You can order her new book, Coming Full Circle, Story of Her Life, Her Transformation, and her what she has devoted her work to, and that is helping the Jewish people return. Panina Taylor's organization is called Shomrei Emmet, which means the Guardians of the Truth. The website address is S-H-O-M-R-E-I-E-M-E-T dot O-R-G. Panina, wow, kolakavod, your work is astounding. Thank and, you. Go ahead. No, and yours. And I, I consider myself, uh, an, uh, it's an honor to uh, be on the show with you and to be a uh, co-worker with you in this, as you said, dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Um I'll say something. I know I have like one minute left. I was faking it. I have less. Someone said to me like a couple of days ago, Tovia, you know, what you're doing is very courageous, helping Jews in the church. I said the people that are really courageous, the people that had to, that left the church and were able to turn to the God of Israel, risking so much. Anyways, it's Chazak Vemas. The Almighty should continue to strengthen you in your work. Get her new book out, Coming Full Circle. You can read about it on comingfullcircle.com. Uh, Panina, on behalf of all the listeners, thank you so much for joining us here on Israel National Radio. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Shalom, shalom. All right, I'm going to sign off now. This is, this is like heals the soul. This is the story of our survival. Listen to this. Feel this fun. Ah.